This podcast sponsored by Prime Super, taking the complexity out of super administration so that you can get on with your business. Go to primesuper.com.au to see what we can do for you. At the recent National Nursing Forum, Assistant in Nursing Melissa Haydock spoke about working with remote and Indigenous communities in Western Australia. She joins us to speak about what it's like to work in a facility that's culturally orientated. So Melissa, tell us about the aged care facilities there. Um, the aged care facilities are nothing like what we have in our urban settings. Um, I really loved it. The big Besser block buildings with lots of space. Um, the walls of the buildings were painted in the early days by the residents, so they have big, beautiful, bright, traditional artwork on them. There's a large communal area for the residents to um, to just hang out in, but mostly they love to be outside where they've also got lots of space and lots of trees. They wander around and um, sit down and watch the world go by. They just love to do that. Um, it has a capacity for 15 residents, but whilst I was out there, there was 10 elders there to care for, both light, uh, low and high care residents with ages ranging from 60s to early 90s. Uh, they have an Indigenous lifestyle worker who comes in daily, unless, of course, she has her own personal cultural duties to to attend to. Um, and what she does is she helps the elders participate in cultural activities. Um, it was just a wonderful atmosphere. In the mornings, Aaron would put on music for the elders, which was played outside through two small speakers, and uh, Country and Western was the favourite. What was the cultural diversity like? Uh, it was pretty amazing. Uh, I had no idea that there was so much diversity amongst the Indigenous people of Australia. I grew up in a little town called Narandra country, New South Wales, side by side Indigenous people, but I really was ignorant um, of diversity before this journey out to the desert. It was pretty much everywhere. All the residents, they had different languages uh, that were spoken within their group. Some of them had come from the missions, some from the bush. A couple of the men had been involved in the 1946 Pilbara strike. Cultural activities such as paintings, uh, their paintings clearly demonstrate the diversity uh, through the different styles of paintings. So the residents would all sit around and paint their own stories, um, which yeah, was just very diverse. Some of them had uh, religious beliefs and others were not so keen. Uh, significantly, though, for me, was the different rules and the ways of living, things that most of us don't understand. I most certainly didn't, and I can't even say that I that I really do now. For example, um, the kinship systems and skin groups, they determine who Indigenous people can marry and whom and they can interact with. So one of the residents out there was a son-in-law to one of the female residents, but due to these skin groups, they weren't allowed to, to interact or really be anywhere near each other. And can you tell us what is cultural safety? Well, cultural safety, it's really defined by those who are receiving the care. So they decide whether their cultural needs are being met, whether they feel safe. It, um, it's about recognising the diversity that exists within the different cultures. I guess it's about how people are treated and recognising the needs of individuals. 
And what this does, it ensures the delivery of person-centred and, and holistic care. Um, and this delivery of cultural, culturally safe care really requires nurses to continually self-reflect and also to advocate for people when they see any form of racism. And what happens when cultural safety conflicts with medical needs? Well, they feel disrespected and humiliated. It may lead for them to not speak up or to seek out the help that they really need. My most poignant experience of this whilst I was out in the desert was caring for the Indigenous males. There was a real lack of, of male carers whilst, whilst I was out there, which meant that female nurses were providing personal care to Indigenous males, and this is taboo. This was something that made me really sad. Right? Every time I attended to the men, and one male in particular, I could, I could see he was really humiliated by the experience. And it was really, I felt really disrespectful, even abusive to a point. But there was really no no choice um, due to that lack of male nurses. So as a side note, I'd like to just say this is another really good reason why we need to encourage male nurses, males to become nurses. How do Indigenous and non-Indigenous health providers collaborate to share knowledge? Well, my experience was there was very little collaboration prior to me entering the community. Um, so for me, I really had to facilitate that myself. So during my time in the aged care facility, I tried to learn as much as I could. I uh, talked with the elders and with the Indigenous lifestyle worker. Um, I was taught the basics of their language and about certain cultural activities and principles. I spoke to the Indigenous lifestyle worker a fair amount, actually, and she shared with me that she did feel that Indigenous and non-Indigenous were doing a pretty good job working together in running of the facility, but she also said that much more could be done. There's much more uh, talking between Indigenous and non-Indigenous is needed, but it needs to be open and honest. It needs to be free of judgment and bias. I know I made a lot of mistakes whilst I was working with the elders, but what really helped me was engaging with them and the other Indigenous people out there, so talking and listening to them and learning about the culture. I think that's what's needed. How can culturally safe and holistic care be provided in remote and regional areas? Honestly, I don't have the answers and I don't know if my experience was one of isolation or if this is the experience of many. I have been attempting to find this out but have been un unsuccessful so far, but I am keen to explore this further and I'm hoping to generate discussions around this to try and gain some understanding and find a way forward. Um, I was provided, before I entered the community, I was provided with some written information, information, which it was helpful. However, I just don't feel that it's quite enough. In this particular circumstance where there are only a few residents, I believe that discussions could take place, knowledge could be shared, so culturally safe care can be provided. You know, for example, 
um, why couldn't it be shared? Uh, which people, which of the residents are in avoidance relationships? So I knew how to interact with them. And I'm not, I'm not trying to lay any blame because I don't think that it's anybody's fault. I just think that um, there's a real lack of pre preparation and it needs to be addressed and it needs to be addressed on, on many levels. And that was Melissa Haydock joining us.